The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days, but that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they haven't sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Welcome back, motherfuckers. What's going on? Yeah, I'm running on minimal sleep. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's not looking too fucking good right now, right? It, it, you're getting full-blown, uncut, unedited Harrison Bergeron this week. So much so, I probably won't even do any jump cuts in this episode. I'm just going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Welcome to The Right Opinion, folks, right here on the therightopinion.podbean.com. Available also on hummingmediagroup.podbean.com, ratsaladreview.com, and your podcatcher of choice, just go ahead and search The Right Opinion. It'll be the one with the thumbnail that is black and white and red all over, like the New York Times used to be. And my God, hopefully the pollsters as well. If there's anything we could take away from this election, it is that polling is broken in the United States. Is that Donald Trump? Is that the pollsters? Unfortunately, we are going to have to wait at least another two years to find out. But the only pollster who should be riding with his head high is Robert Cahaley over at the Trafalgar Group. He was the only one that I'm aware of that pretty much nailed every state within the margin of error. It didn't necessarily get them all right, but uh, if you are within the margin of error, you did a good job as a pollster, and frankly, virtually none of the mainstream pollsters were even close. You had some of the polls saying that Texas would go to Biden and Florida would go to Biden, and, and my God, Trump won Florida by 3 3.5%, which is a landslide by Floridian standards. And obviously pulled away in Texas eventually, as as we all knew that they eventually that he eventually would do. But we've got a lot to talk about, right? So this is I'm calling it the election during math episode because I thought this would be the election after math episode, but we are very much still in the middle of this election. Hence, we are in we are during this election still. So it is the election during math right here on uh, the right opinion. Um, I already kind of talked about. Obviously, it's not looking too good, but I'm not here to do doom and gloom. I'm not giving up anything yet. We will talk about the paths to victory in a little bit. But some silver linings, like I mentioned already, the pollsters are broken. The polling is broken. All of these pollsters, as Ben Shapiro has been saying, should learn to code because these guys clearly do, do not have any future in polling because who could possibly take like a Nate Silver seriously after what we saw last night. And they'll come back and they'll spin. And statistically, it was always possible that Trump could win or at least come close. But nevertheless, you know, we saw that there was minimal paths to victory. And, and you know, that that could end up being what was result. Yeah, whatever. You, you, you spin it, mental gymnastic it all you'd like. These pollsters were terribly, terribly wrong. Is that because of their methodology? Is it because Donald Trump voters are particularly hard to poll? Again, we're going to have to wait two to four years to find out. But Robert Cahaley and the Trafalgar Group, they were pretty accurate on this. And, you know, they get a lot of flack from some of the mainstream pollsters and the mainstream news people. Even Real Clear Politics only gives them like a C- minus uh, grading. And, and a lot of the criticism stems from the fact 
that they don't give away their methodology, which, yes, as a pollster, you want, or as somebody who's reading polls, rather, when I go to a pollster, I would like to know their methodology. What I'd also like to know is their track record, and Trafalgar Group now has been up the last three elections, 2016, 2018, and 2020, uh, in a way that no other polling outlet has been. And frankly, if their methodology is working, which it appears it is, why would they give it away to the other pollsters? They have a monopoly on what appears to be a system that works. So hats off to Robert Cahaley and the Trafalgar Group again. Uh, they, they, they were right where it counted as far as their profession goes. Unfortunately, they weren't right uh, where it counted as this presidential election goes. But before we get into the presidency too much, again, some silver linings for the red team out there, my right-wingers. Cocaine Mitch rides again. Yes, Cocaine Mitch won in, in tremendous fashion. They were really making that race out to be very, very close in Kentucky with Amy McGrath. I was getting all of her emails, and every day they're, they, you know, they're sending me polls that are showing it this razor-thin margin. Cocaine Mitch won convincingly in Kentucky. He will remain not only the, uh, ma the majority leader or I guess the leader for the Republicans in the Senate, but the majority leader, as it looks like the Republicans held the Senate. So even if we are in the darkest timeline and President Kamala Harris is upon us, and yes, I said Kamala Harris, um, the Senate will be able to block pretty much anything that she tries to do. And also you got to take into consideration, even with a, a thin majority, the Republicans also kind of have a plus one in Joe Manchin, in West Virginia, who is a Democrat, but often votes particularly on the more mainstream controversial issues with the Republicans because he is in a state that is clearly a red state at this point in West Virginia, as it has gone uh, staunchly towards Trump in the last couple of elections. And, and I don't see that changing regardless of who takes over the Republican Party in the post-Trump era. But uh, so cocaine Mitch rides again, as does Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. Listen, folks, um, if there if there is some small victories to take out of this, the fact that and I, I'm not the biggest Lindsey Graham fan, honestly, I'm very hot and cold on Lindsey Graham because Lindsey Graham tends to be very hot and cold himself on where he's going to stand on any particular issue. That said, the Democrats dumped an ass ton of money into South Carolina, into Kentucky, and there was another race, I believe, Joni Ernst, wherever she may be from. Uh, there there was a lot of money that was being dumped into some of these races to try to oust. Some of the Democrats, you know, most wanted list in Mitch McConnell, in Lindsey Graham, and Jody Ernst, uh, and they failed miserably on all fronts. The Republicans held in all of those races. Uh, Bloomberg, for that matter, Mini Mike, Mini Mike, he uh, he took all the L's on election night. So Bloomberg, after failing miserably in his presidential campaign, he then dumped a fuck ton of money into Ohio, into Texas, into Florida in an attempt to flip those on the presidential, the general election level, and he failed on all fronts. It was a little bit closer than I think we would have liked it to have been in Ohio and Texas, but uh, despite all of the money that Minnie Mike spent, um, the, the soda Nazi himself, that is now uh, just wasted money along with his presidential campaign. That man has wasted more money in 2020 than anybody could even possibly wrap their head around and, uh, and then some other good news, right? Florida, to me now, I think we can firmly put Florida in the column of the Republicans. As the, as the left continues to move farther left and the socialism gets stronger within them, I think the Hispanic population in Florida, the minority population in Florida, 
is uh, is even now on board with the Republicans. I'm fairly certain we will find out that that's what swung Florida in such a drastic fashion for Trump. Again, a lot of the polls were saying Biden plus three and ended up being Trump plus three, plus three and a half in Florida, uh, which is, again, by all Floridian standards, a landslide. If you win Florida by 1%, as Trump did in 2016, that's even a lot, because as we know, we often find ourselves in a recount situation in Florida. There will be no recount this time around. Trump won it convincingly. Thank you to the uh, to the people of color out there who changed their minds since 2016 and to the old people who were not fear-mongered into believing that Donald Trump is going to take away your Medicare. Then we get into some of the bad news. Arizona. Man, what a major letdown Arizona in particular Maricopa County, which used to be Sheriff Joe Arpaio territory, and then has shifted drastically in the last few years. Again, another area where Democrats have pumped a lot of money into because they have seen Arizona get more and more purple over the last several election cycles. Uh, Martha McSally did not have a good run of it last time around. Uh, at, at the Senate level, I believe she won this time around. Um, but but uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. She lost but is not necessarily conceding or maybe has conceded at this point. Uh, it was not a good run uh, in, in Arizona. Basically, the Republicans have really had trouble in Arizona since John McCain flipped and basically became a Democrat and then died a Democrat. So um, Arizona's had a tough time with the, the Trump-era Republicans, and they have been voting for whatever their conscience is telling them. They've been voting more along the lines of the Democrats. That said, and we will have a little bit more on this a little bit later on, there is some controversy in Arizona in regards to what the Trump team internal polls were telling them is they had Arizona. Now, not by much. I believe their internal polling in a long, uh, in many respects, uh, paralleled if it wasn't just the Trafalgar group polling, because a lot of what I'm seeing and hearing from Trafalgar and Kahaley was a lot of what I was seeing and hearing from the Trump team on the buildup to the election. And everyone seemed to think that these, these numbers that they were throwing around were completely manufactured. I think that a lot of them were either from Kahaley himself or similar methodologies being implemented by whatever their internal polling is using. They thought they had Arizona. When Arizona got called, the Trump team was not only livid, but they were livid at Fox News. I was watching live as Arizona was called. They kept asking the pollers, like, are you sure? Because the Trump team has given us a lot of shit for calling Arizona. Well, again, it appears there might be some controversy, not only in Arizona, but specifically Maricopa County, where Trump seems to have underperformed. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But just something to put in your back pocket is Arizona was was really up to a certain point in the night. The only big change that we saw from 2016 to 2020, uh, some things did shift around after the fact. But um, there was another, you know, there was another state that I do kind of want to touch on here, Virginia. So the right opinion, if you were following us on the live election coverage, we were very hesitant to call Virginia. Steve Dace over at The Blaze is kind of their numbers guy and their polling expert. And he was looking at Virginia and seeing not necessarily as big of a victory in the more blue counties as was expected for Biden. And obviously, if you remember back to Virginia, they had that whole thing where they basically signed into law their own reinforcement of the Second Amendment as some of these gun grab legislations were coming down and they were fighting them pretty hard. There was a lot of people in rural Virginia that came out that that probably voted in 2020 that maybe didn't even vote in 2016. Maybe they didn't vote for Trump in 2016, but they're looking around and they're seeing the rabid left closing in the walls around them 
and uh, I think a lot of them showed up for Trump. Trump was winning Virginia for much of the night, even though they had already called Virginia for the Democrats. I know that obviously they're projecting based on certain counties and how they'll come in and, and historically whether or not it's mathematically possible for them to even get a victory. Like I understand how polling works and I understand how calling these states works. But uh, with, with a lot of those rural counties overperforming for Trump, I think they, they kind of called it a little too early. And, uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe that's even within a certain degree of, uh, of, of controversy in and of itself. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear some clicking and some typing here because I'm going to look up some individual states here in a minute. But let's take a look at what Virginia ended up with. 99% reporting Joe Biden. He did end up winning Virginia by about 400,000 votes. So again, uh, you know, with them, um, with them calling it so early, they obviously knew that that later rush was coming in from some of the more blue districts, uh, historically blue districts anyway. But Trump definitely outperformed there. That was a state that wasn't even supposed to be within striking distance, and it worked out for Trump. And you know what? Before I get into some more of the specifics here as well, one last silver lining before we get into the current state of, of the world and the fall of the republic Donald Trump, for all of the shit that he got during the course of his four years about being a white supremacist and, and dog whistling a racist and not denouncing white nationalism and uh, he's a racist and he's a bigot and he's a homophobe and he called Mexicans rapists and blah, 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 blah. For all of that, when you look at the overall election results, I'm talking nationwide, not in specific states and specific regions. Donald Trump lost a lot of white voters and gained a lot of minority voters, like a lot of them. Like, we're going to probably see that the Donald Trump pulled down the African-American vote at, at about double the rate that he did in 2016, going from about 8 to 15, I think is probably where it'll settle. And it's not; it wasn't obviously enough to push him all the way across the finish line in some of these states in the way that I was hoping it would, but... It's still a really good sign for Republicans moving forward if they can harness that and even possibly expand upon that. That could mean a lot of trouble for the Democrats in years to come. So again, if there is a silver lining from this, Republicans way outperformed Trump, even if you were looking at all the mainstream polling and you were looking at a, a blue wave and all this sort of stuff, Trump and the Republicans way, way outperformed what they were expecting to. Donald Trump is still in this. We are not conceding anything here on The Right Opinion. And that, as a matter of fact, brings us to the current state of things. So where are we right now? According to the Bergeron board, Joe Biden has 248 electoral votes and Donald Trump has 217 electoral votes. So for those of you, some of you who were following me on Twitter, probably last saw the count at 238, 214. Uh, we have now given Alaska to Trump for practical purposes and, uh, and for practical purposes on the Democrat side of things as well. We've given Joe Biden Hawaii and now Wisconsin, which is technically in recount territory. The Trump team is demanding a full recount in Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. So while it looks like that's going blue, that's that's where we are right now is 248, 217. Wisconsin could come down. Arizona could come down. And Michigan right now not looking particularly good for Donald Trump. And we're going to get into why that might be in a little bit because there's certainly some controversy surrounding Michigan. But so that's where we're at right now. 248, 217, Biden up, still to land five major states. Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Nevada. Look, it, it's 
none of this is ideal, right? I, I, I talked about Wisconsin. I personally, the Bergeron board, did not have Wisconsin going to Trump. That said, the Bergeron board did have Michigan going to Trump, and that looks like it may have been a nail-biter, and it, however, it does look like it is trending towards Biden a little bit, so not great at the moment. Nevada, technically, Biden is up. We're going to talk about that in just a second because there's some specifics there. But let's look at some of the, the good parts here. Trump is up in Georgia in what appears to be an overwhelming uh, race at this point. It has not officially been called yet, but it looks like Trump has got that one pretty close to in the bag. North Carolina right behind it. They are leaning Trump heavily at this point in time, um, not to suggest that it couldn't go the other way because they are still counting ballots in North Carolina until next Thursday, I believe. So any mail-in ballots that come in between now and next week they will still be counting. Uh, Trump is up in North Carolina, though. He is projected at this point, I believe, even by the New York Times to win North Carolina. So those two in his coffers, let's take a look at the board. Assuming he wins Georgia. Come on, 270 map. There we go. All right. Assuming he wins Georgia and he wins North Carolina, we are now at 248-248 with Nevada, Michigan, and Pennsylvania to go. Meaning that whichever candidate basically can win two of those three states, will have enough to push him over the edge. 248 to 248. Good God. I'm just looking at this going, this is bonkers. Who'd have thought? Oh, wait, we thought, because this was always going to be a nail-biter. It is going to be highly unlikely. As a matter of fact, as I told you from the get-go, that either candidate will surpass 300 electoral votes. That appears to be an impossibility for either candidate, even if Biden sweeps Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Nevada. He will not crack um, to... He'll barely get the 280, I believe. So that that could end up being where we're at is is a 280 electoral vote victory for either candidate in the best case scenario right now. So like I said, we've got Georgia, we've got North Carolina more than likely falling into the Trump coffers. Then that brings us to the big one, Pennsylvania. Ooh. This is going to be a nail-biter again, folks. So we can technically, if I'm not mistaken, at 248-248, even with Pennsylvania maybe going the other way, you could still win this election by winning both Michigan and Nevada, giving you 270 electoral votes. So if you're the Trump team right now, you got to hope that something happens in Michigan, which again is leading Biden and looks very well like it may land into the Biden column, which then only delivers one path to victory for Donald Trump. But the good news because I'm trying to pepper in some good news. I know this is a downer day for a lot of us because we were hoping to just be past all of this, and unfortunately, it looks like it's going to move. Look, whether you're a Trump guy or you're not, and if you're not, by all means, I appreciate you listening to this show because I know it can't be easy for you. That said, um, I think we all just wanted this behind us, much like the COVID situation. If there's anything we can all agree on right now is that we all just want to return to life as normal, and, uh, and if that means... You know, another four years of Trump that that has that I think we'll all take like February 2020 normal again at this point. Right. <laughs> like is is erratic and as is, is crazy at times as it felt like even pre China virus here in the United States. I think we'd all go back to that normal right now if we could, regardless of party affiliation. So. Michigan, let's get into Michigan here again. Michigan tends to be trending Biden. And it looks like it may very well end up going to Biden. I'm going to look at the official Google results right now. Michigan, let's see, with 99% of the reporting in, it appears Joe Biden has won Michigan by about 67,000 votes. 
Now, I don't think that 1% is going to bring in another 67,000 votes. Certainly, I don't think they're all going to go to Donald Trump. But here's what I do have to say about Michigan. I've been following uh, a lot of different places right now, a lot of different outlets. I, I, I stayed up till 3 in the morning watching all this election coverage, and then I slept until 2 p.m. Good thing I took today off, right? Yep. I first saw this happening. And uh, with Michigan, a couple different outlets have some things to say about this. Number one, Stephen Crowder. Uh, louder with Crowder. I'm sure you're familiar. He's a late night comedian, essentially, who does political stuff. Um, he had an ex, well, not an expert, a witness, I should say, on his show that was indicating basically, all right, so let me set the stage before I get into what this witness said, really. Michigan last night, Trump is up in Michigan, huge, like a, a significant margin early on, 8%, came down to about 6%. Everyone knew that Wade County needed to come in, and that's where Detroit is, and we can fairly assume that a good percentage of those votes were going to go to Joe Biden, but was it going to be enough to overcome the deficit? At about four in the morning, Michigan said, all right, that's it. We're done counting for the night. And then, in the dead of night, mysteriously, about 136,000 votes showed up, and all of them were for Joe Biden. That brings me to Stephen Crowder's witness. Stephen Crowder's witness was a woman by the name of Kelly Sorrell. She is an attorney in the state of Texas. She was up in Michigan, I guess, happened to just be in the area, or knew that it was a battleground state, which is actually something I believe she said on the show, is that she knew they were going to be needed in Michigan rather than in Texas. And she was there working on behalf of the Trump, uh, I guess, cause. I don't want to say she was working on behalf of the campaign. She's part of an organization known as Lawyers for Trump, putting that out there. And uh, she was doing some poll watching along with some other lawyers that happened to be up in the Michigan area. So they are outside a place, I believe it's called Kobo. It's kind of like, a, maybe that may be the area of the town, but there's a convention center there that is a major election hub for Wade County, specifically, obviously, the Detroit area. And it's this massive convention center, much like, you know, where you would go see, like, a basketball game in your local state or whatever the case may be. And uh, they happen to have, when I say minimal security, that would be probably being generous because they had virtually no security around this polling location. Obviously, there was people checking whether or not you had your mask on. And, uh, and things along those lines when you walked in. I think they were even doing temperature checks for COVID. But this woman, Kelly Sorrell, lawyer, again, watching the polls uh, on behalf of the Lawyers for Trump team, happened to record a bunch of people, in particular one person. This is the one video where a white van pulls up as she's walking out the back of the building. This is around, mind you, right around 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, when they said that they were no longer going to be counting any ballots. And uh, just, you know, regular looking goobery white dude in his early 30s pulls up in a white van, pulls out a red flyer rag wagon basically out of the back, and then puts a box that looks very similar to a ballot box, like one of the carrying cases that they use for, you know, transporting a bulk of, of ballots. This guy just drops this box into this flyer wagon into the back of his, uh, off the back of his van, walks right into this back of this venue, walks in without any security check whatsoever. No one stops him. There was no one there to stop him. And sure enough, like I said, about 130,000 ballots came in overnight in Michigan that supposedly all went to Biden. And this woman had also, Kelly Sorrell again, in her time there, She's not from the state of Michigan, so she wasn't technically allowed beyond a certain point, but she was filming from where she was. She could see 
all of the election counting going on behind this glass, you know, wall, basically, that was separating the ballot area from everyone else, particularly the ones that are there monitoring all of this. And she could see people walking in, particularly at the at the shift changes, and a lot of these people work in five, six-hour shifts, but they were walking in with backpacks, and they were walking in with igloo coolers, like roller coolers. They're walking in with these giant suitcases and stuff like that. I mean, you're only there for five to six hours. Do you bring a suitcase with you to go to work every day? I mean, I understand maybe you're bringing some snacks. Maybe the backpacks aren't so sketchy, but the igloo coolers. And yeah, maybe they were bringing drinks for a lot of people. But the fact of the matter is, is that somebody should have been at the door checking all of these various things like backpacks, like coolers, like briefcases to see what's in them. It would appear based on Kelly Sorrell's testimony, and she, again, did not necessarily see any physical ballot. She saw a box that looked an awful lot like the boxes, the lock boxes they use for ballots, and she had been monitoring the, the election all throughout the course of the day, so she's very familiar with what those look like. And then she's seeing all these other people walking in with these large carrying cases that are not being checked by anybody as they're walking in the door. And then poof, 130-plus thousand ballots all just suddenly show up for, for Joe Biden and swing the state in the middle of the night while they're supposed to not be counting. So there may be some controversy in Michigan. And look, I'm not giving you this scenario because I'm trying to give you false hope. I'm not. I'm not. At this point, I'm looking at Pennsylvania and Nevada, and I'm hoping that maybe we can do something about Arizona, which I will get to right now because I've, I've kind of been teasing it up to this point. So Arizona has a bit of an issue going on right now where it appears in Maricopa County, election officials were ha handing out Sharpies to people instead of handing out pens. Why is that an issue? Well, because the way that these ballots are read electronically, it needs to be filled out with a ballpoint pen rather than a Sharpie. If it's read by a Sharpie, or rather if it's done by a Sharpie, the election ballot machine won't read it. And there are witnesses, multiple witnesses, mind you, that have talked on camera about this, that, uh, as a matter of fact, I'll see if I can pull up the, the audio clip for you here. Yes. That was given to them by the poll workers. Yes. It did not read their ballot. Okay. And they fled it in there twice. I used a pen. Yep. Took their Sharpie and threw it away. And it read your and ballot. And it read my ballot. And it read your ballot. And it read my so ballot. So what they're doing is they're telling people to use the Sharpies. That way, yes. those votes aren't counted. Yes. That's exactly what's happening. Yes. So there was other people that were in there voting with their with their pens and... They literally went around and they were yanking pens out of their hands. Yes, they tried to do that to me and I took their Sharpie and I hid it because then they said, look for all the Sharpies that are not being used and take the Sharpies back. They had a bowl of pens behind them that they were not giving to people and only giving Sharpies out. There we go. So the ones with the Sharpies are not being read at all? <laughs> no. No. None of those none of those ballots are being read? Of course not. So that's and so they're doing it because they're trying to skew all of the votes in yeah, there. And they that's didn't, exactly and they what's didn't going try on. They even slide it more than one time. They immediately took it and slid it in the front, like not even tried a second time. They just that's correct. Oh, yeah. Ran it through yeah, and slid it in the front. And I was like, wait a that's second. That's what they did with yours. Yep. And I just went with a sharpie, voted Trump, and uh, she just slid it in, and that was it. But I. I but they're not counting. They're not counting the ones with the sharpies. And so they're forcing people to use the sharpies, and those votes aren't being counted. That's what's going on. Right. And then I posted it on my Facebook group chat in my neighborhood. They said they did it at the Queen Creek Library. They did it at ASU Polytech earlier. They're like four different polling places were doing Sharpies all in, like, between Queen Creek and, like, the edge of Gilbert. Yep. And, and those ones are not being counted. Yeah. 
they're invalid. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like, I have proof. <laughs> so they're invalidating votes is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, I just, that's how I, I feel a picture like. of okay. And then like, there was a guy that directly came out and yelled at me three times. He, they both came out. Oh, no, they, they called the sheriffs and said that, that and, and told us to stop handing out the ballpoint pens. In which case, those are the only ones that are actually being yeah, counted yeah. and validated. I, I used your pen and then I yeah. sent it back to you and I and said, give this to somebody. Yes, yes. And so we know that and we've been telling them, you yeah. need to use a ballpoint pen, yeah. not the Sharpie. And now those are getting invalidated. Yeah. So people are coming here to vote for Donald Trump and those votes are all getting invalidated. That's what's going on. Yeah. And apparently all of these people were given Sharpies, which basically rendered their ballots in, invalid. And they even noticed that the woman's supposed to kind of slide the ballot into the machine in front of them so that you could see that it's been read. She went through once. It didn't read. She just dumped it into kind of like, I guess, a provisional ballot box below that would later be counted, supposedly. But these women have the ability in, in Arizona, I guess, to track their votes. I think we do in most states. And she has noticed that her ballot is still not been cast. And she's worried, as was another woman who walks onto camera and says that the same thing happened to her, that their ballots are not being counted and i mean all of the talk about voter suppression and disenfranchised voters it appears as of right now that that seems to be only going one way and uh to be giving out sharpies against all logic i mean it says right on the ballot in a lot of cases use a, a black ballpoint pen to fill in the ballot so for election officials to be handing out sharpies saying that this is how you do it when they know goddamn well that that's not the case that is corruption at a massive scale. And if there are a lot of votes that maybe were disenfranchised in Maricopa County and in Arizona, that might be, you know, grounds for a recount or potentially could just end up flipping the state if those ballots are discovered and counted and turns out that a lot of them are going to Trump. Arizona was pretty damn close. So much so that uh, even Fox News kept getting second guessed and, and it was it looked like they that Biden was way out ahead in Arizona, but as some of the more rural counties came in that gap narrowed Pretty substantially. I'm going to take a look at it now, as a matter of fact. Arizona. Thanks. Um, by the way, we are using Google for this because they actually had a pretty good system to set all this up. But Joe Biden is up by less than 100,000 votes in Arizona right now with only 84% reporting. And it looks like some of the some of the counties that are that are still to report, um, it's, it's two big blue ones and two big red ones, or three big red ones, rather. Uh, the big blue ones will have a higher population density, obviously Phoenix and Tucson being in those respective counties. But uh, there's nothing to suggest that Trump can't pick up some votes naturally and that there could be some challenges to some of these votes. And if, if we can get those, those ballots um, you know, looked at in a provisional capacity and counted uh, manually even, then who knows? There, there could be some. Uh, there could be a flip there. Arizona, like I said, the Trump team was very upset about that. Not because they lost it. I mean, I'm sure that upset them as well. But they felt that there was a lot of votes still to be counted, and that a lot of those votes were going to go their way. I know a lot of people I'm, I'm following on social media are either from Arizona or have family in Arizona, and they believe it is it is still very staunchly red. And for some reason, they were as shocked as anybody to see that it went the way that it went. Now, I'm not suggesting that it couldn't have gone the way that it went. It, it very well could have. As I've mentioned, Arizona has been getting increasingly purple over the course of the last several election cycles. But for people who live there to be very surprised by it, I mean, unless I know we've all talked about the shy Trump vote. Are there are there troll Democrats out there that are pretending kind of signaling that they're Trump votes to comfort Trump voters? Are they that smart? Are they that trolly? I thought we had the monopoly on trolldom. I don't know that that's the case, but 
Um, you know, when you get a lot of people saying like, wow, I'm looking around and all I'm seeing is Trump signs and then mysteriously a crazy amount of votes come in for Biden in some states, in some cases, overwhelmingly in some counties, you got to scratch your head about that a little bit. And again, who's all that excited about voting for Joe Biden? I know they're really voting against Trump, but I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like love is a, is, a, is a greater motivator than hate at the end of the day. And uh, people love Trump. They, they, I expected them to go out in massive numbers. Uh, I was early on in this election cycle actually kind of thinking that the lower the voter count would be, the better it would be for Trump. And maybe that would have ended up being the case. But it looks like we've got a tremendous amount of, uh, of popular vote that has come in here, uh, possibly a record. A record um, I'm going to see if I can get a number here from the Google machine. Election results general. Uh, no, we don't have anything just yet. I'm hoping to get... Um, Hoping to get a popular vote count here overall, but it looked like it was some startling numbers. I mean, we had we had some really really big numbers coming out. Yeah, as a matter of fact, as of right now, it's still a lot of votes to be counted. Uh, we have seven uh, seventy million votes came in for Joe Biden, and sixty seven million votes came in for Donald Trump. It actually looks like Trump. Um, it's about the same deficit as it was last time around, about three million votes overall between uh, the Democrat and the Republican. Uh, it would be a miraculous thing for Donald Trump to obviously win back-to-back -back without winning the popular vote. I think he'd be the first to ever do that. Um, that said, like I said, man, before, there is still a path to victory here. We got Pennsylvania potentially in the bag. Obviously, first and foremost, Trump's got to win Georgia and North Carolina. It looks like he will. He's got to win Pennsylvania. It looks like actually probably about an hour ago the Trump team did a press conference from the Philadelphia area. Obviously, they're going to be challenging some ballots down there, and good for them. I mean, look. I know everyone wants to think to themselves, oh, well, why wouldn't you want to count every ballot? Here's the reason we want to, we don't want to count every ballot. I don't want to count any ballots that came in late, okay? We've all known for months now that this was going to be the way that it was. Again, I had my ballot sitting around for almost a month before I cast it, and I cast it a month before the election. So I had two months, basically, to get this fucking thing into a ballot box. If you couldn't do that, you clearly didn't give enough of a shit to do it. You can, you can make the claim that you were holding out for all of the information, blah, 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 blah. You all knew goddamn well who you were going to vote for from the get-go. If you didn't get your ballot in on time, I don't think it should be counted. We have deadlines for a reason. Get your ballot into a ballot box by November 3rd. That's all you had to do. You didn't do it. I'm sorry, man. That's on you. That's not being a, a mean Republican trying to disenfranchise voters. It's people, it's it's being a responsible human being who understands that there are guidelines, deadlines, and rules for a reason. While we not we may not always be huge fans of them or those reasons, they do exist and they should exist equally for everybody. This is a weird thing that for some reason gets overlooked where as a Republican, as a right winger, as a conservative, as a constitutionalist, I just want everybody to have the same set of rules. I don't want everybody to have the same outcome like Kamala Harris and her Marxist asked. I, I, I want everyone to just be able to live in a society where the rules are applied equally to everybody. And yes, that means everybody of all races, of all genders, of all colors, of all religions, doesn't matter to me. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And yet for some reason, despite the fact that this is the overwhelming ideology of most right-wingers, we are painted as the bigots. It's fucking fascinating. Which brings me to where do we go from here? So like I said, there is a path to victory for Donald Trump. He needs Georgia. He needs North Carolina. He needs Pennsylvania. And then he needs to make something happen in either Nevada 
or in Michigan. In Nevada right now, the race is about 8,000 votes. Donald Trump is back by about 8,000 votes. That said, here's what the Nevada Election Commission has tweeted out to let us know when we can expect a final result. This was tweeted, um, I don't know, early this morning. That's it for election results updates until 9 a.m. on November 5th, which is Thursday. Here's what we've counted so far. All in-person early votes were counted. All in-person election day votes have been counted. And all mail-in ballots that were received up until the day of the election or up until the day before the election, those have been counted. Here's what they have left to count. Mail-in ballots received on election day, mail ballots that will be received over the next week that were postmarked by election day, I'm adding that last part, not them, and provisional ballots. Ballots outstanding is difficult to estimate in Nevada because every voter was sent a mail-in ballot. Obviously, not all will vote. So there's a lot of votes still out there. Donald Trump down 8,000. Again, if we can get it down, if we can cut it down to a small enough margin, we may very well end up in recount territory in Nevada as well. So we're looking at a recount in Wisconsin pretty much no matter what. We're looking at a potential you know, case for fraud in Arizona, and if that, can, that gap can be narrowed via exposing some of that fraud, we can have a recount in Arizona. Michigan, same sort of situation. There appears to have been some fraud there. There's a lot of votes that just came in overnight that, again, look, if you want to tell me 200,000 votes came in and 140,000 were for Biden and 60,000 were for Trump, fair enough. When you tell me 140,000 votes come in and all of them go one way, regardless of what way that is, that's fishy. No, no, no county is overwhelmingly voting one way that strongly, which means to me that either Trump votes were discarded or all of these Biden votes showed up out of nowhere, whole cloth, fabricated and, uh, and that's obviously a problem, not only for the Trump team, but for the general feel of our republic. So law- lawsuits, recounts, all that good sort of stuff, that is, that is possibly where we're going here. But again, there is a conventional path. And let's not, oh, look, uh, it, it seems right now because the Republicans are down and they're kind of facing an uphill battle that they're the ones that are bitching and whining and complaining about that. First and foremost, if it was Trump 248, Biden 217 right now, they would be scratching and clawing and lawsuiting and complaining and doing all the things that the Republicans are doing. We know we've seen this before in 2000. Also worth note is that that this conventional victory potentially for the Trump team could end up being, um, you know, let's say everything flips right for Trump. He wins Georgia, wins North Carolina, he wins Pennsylvania, and he wins Nevada, and he gets the votes, and he's at 274, I think he would be at at that point. You don't think the Democrats are now going to start calling for recounts in Nevada and in Pennsylvania and all that sort of stuff? Of course they are. Look, no one's willing to get this, let this go. This is the fight of our lives uh, as far as this country goes. It is going to polarize this country in a way that makes the last couple of years seem like a picnic. Um, Look, the Trump voter is not going away, no matter what. I don't know who picks up the reins for the Republicans if, God forbid, he loses. I do do know that at least Cocaine Mitch will stand in the way of Biden and his radicalism for the most part, or at least the radicalism that's puppeteering Joe Biden. That's a good sign, should, God forbid, again, we end up in the worst-case scenario and Trump loses this whole thing. And uh, I'm not here to do doom and gloom. I'm not here to concede. I'm not here to do a postmortem just yet. Again, there are paths to victory here, and we are not giving them up until they are all completely evaporated. So um, when that day comes, if that day comes, I will come on here. I will talk about all the Trump's accomplishments. I will talk about all the bright sides 
that we have to thank for his four years that were unfortunately not eight, and uh, and and there'll obviously be plenty of more of the right opinion as this show will then become more important than ever before under a Joe Biden presidency because somebody is going to need to call the sleepy bastard out on all the sketchy shit that he and his family and his constituents are doing, and that is damn sure not coming from the mainstream media. So you're going to have to tune into to you know places like here, places like the Blaze, places like Dan Bongino reading articles like The Federalist and, uh, and, and right-wing outlets. Look, know that they're right-wing, go into it knowing that there's a bias, but also go into it before everybody starts rolling their fucking eyes at me about The Federalist. This is an organization that has been on the right side of the Spygate scandal, the right side of the impeachment scandal, the right side of the polling throughout the whole course of this nonsense, the right side of the Biden investigation. None of the mainstream media outlets are covering these things the way that outlets like The Federalist are or The Daily Caller are or even, you know, The Gateway Pundit's a little out there sometimes and they definitely lean into some tabloid type shit. But a lot of the times they're showing you fucking screenshots of the very things that they're talking about. So while you do have to take some of it with a grain of salt, you have to take anything that the mainstream media gives you with a truckload of salt. So personally, I'll take the uh, the grain over the, the, the dump truck any day of the week. So before I leave you, I do kind of want to read through a little bit of this Federalist um, situation that's going on right now. They have an article up right now called, Yes, Democrats are trying to steal the election in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. In the three Midwest battleground states, Vote counting irregularities persist in an election that will decide that will be decided on razor thin margins. So they go on to talk about in this particular article. Obviously, Sean Davis is pointing out he's one of the founders of the Federalist, um, and this is what I was talking about before. So while everyone was asleep, and after everyone went home, Democrats in Michigan finally found a trove of 138, 339 votes, and they all were votes for Biden. That doesn't look suspicious at all. He points out. 138,000 votes just showed up in the middle of the night after they said that they were done counting, and poof, they all went to Joe Biden. How weird is that? Also in Michigan, in Antrim County, there's a, a pollster by the name, or at least a, a pundit by the name of Ben Rothenberg, uh, Rothenberg, who I believe lives in the area, and must because he seems to be very wise about all this, but in Antrim County in Michigan, it appears that they flipped the results, perhaps by accident, but in Antrim County, they have Joe Biden up, and this is not a significant margin of votes, but we have uh, Joe Biden up 7,700 votes to 4,500 votes over Joe, over Donald Trump. When last time around, Donald Trump, mind you, this is a heavily Republican stronghold, this particular district, Donald Trump had 8,400 votes versus Hillary Clinton's 4,400 votes and Gary Johnson's 40, uh, 450 votes. So it appears that either the county flipped inexplicably or perhaps the results came in incorrectly. So that could very well end up being another 3,000 votes going back to Trump if that gets corrected, if it hasn't been already. So a lot of sketchiness going on in Michigan, as I mentioned. Um, here is some other stuff going on, obviously, in Wisconsin. It looks like uh, they have a little bit of controversy going on there as well. I'm trying to find that part of this article real quick. Uh, on Wednesday, the Trump campaign demanded a full recount in Wisconsin, citing reports of irregularities in several Wisconsin counties, which raise serious doubts about the validity of the election. They don't cite exactly what they are in this particular article, but actually, you know, I wanted to get back to Michigan here. Uh, while I was watching the Crowder coverage of Michigan, all these videos of all these people wheeling all these containers in that could very well hold uh, either ballots, uh, illegal ballots, or perhaps 
maybe sequestering off Trump ballots or sequestering off Biden ballots so that they can be conveniently dropped at different locations in such a way, whatever it may be. It's clearly sketchy. And then it was further maximized by even Fox News reporting this, that at the very polling station, it appears that that woman Kelly Sorrell was at, the polling uh, officials were putting up basically whiteboards over that glass wall that was separating the people that were supposed to be monitoring the election from the people counting the ballots. Um, under no circumstances is that okay, right? You're, you're supposed to be able to monitor. You're supposed to be able to see what they're doing back there. The fact that they were doing it, and doing it so brazenly, mind you, is a bit of an issue. Also worth note in Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, they had at a lot of polling it, um, locations, these giant posters that appeared to just have all of the Democrats that were up for nomination listed on these giant posters as you were walking in. Now, this is illegal, first and foremost. Secondly, subliminal advertising much? I mean, like, even if you weren't planning on voting for some of these people, if you're sitting there staring at that long enough, maybe you hit the wrong button by accident, you know? Who knows? Not that the, I think a lot of the places were doing the physical electronic, ba uh, you know, uh, polling the way that we normally would. You go into the booth, you hit a couple buttons, COVID and all. Um, but yeah, that, that was obviously very sketchy. And thankfully, some patriots pointed that out to election officials in Pennsylvania, and those signs were taken down. But what damage could they have caused already at that point? And how, how do you just so blazonly or brazenly put that out there and not expect anybody to, uh, to, to call you out on it or to, to in any way, shape, or form be viewed as a, a competent uh, or unbiased official in doing what you're doing? That's, that's crazy to have a poster for all the Democrats on, like just basically taped to the wall next to the door as you're walking in to vote. You're not even supposed to wear campaign merch within 100 yards of a polling location. They basically are just advertising, come here and vote Democrat. That's that sort of stuff. Like I, I know people are triggered by Trump and stuff like that. And and a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of the reason I support Trump still is because he has this innate ability to drive people so crazy that they expose themselves. And when you have election officials doing stuff like that at polling locations, just out in the open, you know he's broken these people. And whether or not he pulls this out, I think he's done enough, hopefully, to expose them for what they are. Hopefully in 2024, we can get either Trump running again, Lord willing, or we could get somebody from the Republican Party that can deliver a Trumpian message in a Trumpian enough way but at the same time, not offend quite as many of the fucking snowflakes out there who would rather virtue signal to their friends that they're not racist and blah, 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 or whatever it is. Like, I'm not racist either. I'm not, like, pretending I'm proud to be racist. I'm not racist. So I'm not, I have no, you know, connection to that ideology in any way, shape, or form. If you want to live a life that is not racist, that's great. But this whole notion that I'm going to vote against Trump because I'm one of the good white people or whatever your stupid ideology may have been, you've just been misled by academia, by Hollywood, by the media, by social media, into thinking that the world is this terrible place that is on fire all the time and only one man is to blame. And you're being told that the solution to all of this will be an old meat puppet in the name of Joe Biden who doesn't even know where the fuck he is. He doesn't have a fucking plan. And he definitely doesn't have the stones to stand up to his lunatics in his party, right? There's going to be two paths that a President Biden can go here if that, God forbid, ends up being the case. One is to unite the nation by being a moderate, trying to get the radicals in his party to calm the fuck down and get some of the radicals in the Republican Party to also calm the fuck down and everybody can just kind of hopefully meet in the middle somewhere, which is where Joe Biden was maybe 10 years ago, but that is sadly no longer the case. Um, 
or what he could do is try to unite his party, which is what he will do. And he will cater to the left and he will do everything he can to eliminate the Electoral College and uh, get rid of, you know, pack the courts and get rid of the filibuster and get rid of the Second Amendment, probably some of the First Amendment. You'll probably count out a big tech and let them get away with murder again for the next four years so that a Republican never has a chance to get elected because none of the truth about the Democrats will ever see the light of day. All right, I said I wasn't going to be a downer, but I feel like I have closed this on a downer note. Um, look, don't blame me. I voted for the orange guy, and uh, that T-shirt will be hitting the merch shop in the next week or so, I'm sure, uh, assuming that that this does actually come to the unfortunate conclusion of President Biden. But again, I'm not giving up hope. We got Pennsylvania. We got Nevada. These are possibilities. Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan recounts more than likely to happen across the board there. A lot of chicanery, a lot of potential fraud. All of it going one way to absolutely no one's surprise, especially if you've been listening to this program. But um, I wish I had more news for you folks. I wish I had better news for you folks, but I just don't. And uh, so here we are. Uh, this has been the right opinion. This is the election during math. We hopefully will reach the aftermath at some point before I keel over and die, although the stress is starting to get to me a little bit. But again, still got a shot. It's uh, it's not all that is lost. Again, Cocaine Mitch will at least be our bulwark towards fighting off the radical left hopefully he can uh he, he doesn't get any more fist fights or whatever the fuck happened to him a couple weeks ago his hands were all bruised and stuff mitch just stay upright brother i don't know if you've got to go hide in your basement for the next four years in order to make sure that you could fight the left i will forgive you for doing so <laughs> all right that's it this is the point of the program where i unfortunately have to remind you that opinions are like assholes everybody's got one but this asshole has the right opinion right here on the right opinion. .podbean.com. I've been Harrison Bergeron. You guys have been wonderful. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Boom.